You're listening to the Health Call Radio Hour, where doctors, researchers, authors, nutritionists, and top health professionals share the latest news about staying well and living better. The information you hear today is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, but it's always timely, credible, interesting, and best of all, there's never a copay. Now, here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Hey, thank you for tuning in. I am glad to have you among our growing family of listeners. If this is your first time hearing the program, welcome. I'm glad you're here. If you're a regular listener, well, you know I've become a supporter of a growing trend in the healthcare arena called direct primary care. These are typically family practice doctors, men and women who've set up on their own and are practicing medicine without a hospital network or insurance company setting their rules. So instead of having 2,000 patients to care for, they limit themselves to maybe 500 or so. That means instead of having 8 to 10 minutes for each patient in an office visit and then rushing from patient to patient, they can take an hour, if that's what you need. Many practice functional medicine, which means working with patients to get to the source of a problem instead of just treating the symptoms. And that's what I like about Dr. Jared Wegman from Indiana Direct Primary Care and why he's become my personal physician. I pay $99 a month and can see him as often as I need. There's no copay, and anything he can do in the office is covered by the monthly fee. So, because June is Men's Health Month, I thought you might be interested to hear how a different kind of doctor uses a different approach to men's health. So, what we find a lot of times in healthcare is that you know the females of the household drive the medical decisions of um, the males. Um, oftentimes, there's a lot of single males out there that don't necessarily have that driver in their family, and even when they do have that driver, they tend to ignore it a lot of times. So one of the great things about our practice is we combine a lot of healthy lifestyle issues um, with just general medical care. And we have a gym and personal trainer as part of our practice. And that really kind of helps drive men to our practice because it's things that they really like to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Come work out in the gym, have a personal trainer. So before we do that here at our medical practice, we usually give a physical exam. And so a lot of these men that come in for that portion of it will get their first physical in years. How might that be a little different than what I'm accustomed to if I've had a physical someplace else? A lot of times what that means is we just sit down and we spend a little bit more time. So even a healthy male uh, that comes in that really doesn't have any medical problems, we go through a lot of um, other things by decade essentially uh, for things that are risk factors. Um, We talk a lot about family history and what risk factors that might involve in in a particular person's history and what other things we might adjust for that. Um, We talk about physical injuries. You know, when people come into medical practices, a lot of times they come in, especially men, for physical injuries. Um, But when they come in and they're healthy, that's not often something that's discussed, but it is something that may affect their day-to-day life. So whether or not they've had a previous back injury, knee injury, hip, things like that, we talk about those as part of the gym because we want to know what is the best way to get this person in, get them healthy, get them working out, get them active. But of course, we don't want to aggravate those old injuries. So it gives us an opportunity to talk about those. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I, I biffed up my knee in high school or college playing basketball or football, and, and now that's going to affect me as I'm in my 60s. So yeah, I, I see why that would be important. Uh, tell me about patterns that emerge as men age. You said things change through the decade. So as we get older, you know, there are some different concerns. What are you looking for? So we, we first focus on family history uh, and what that entails for people, especially with heart disease uh, and males. And so that may change what we look for decade by decade. But in general, you know, when people are in their early 20s and 30s, we're looking for musculoskeletal injuries. You know, we start looking for early signs of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, and we follow those, you know, based on what their baselines are. But it's really important to get baselines at that age because then we know what we're working from and what we're working too. Honestly, in today's society, as people hit their 30s and even younger now, that, that, that generationally is, is changing, you know, we're looking at things like obesity is mm -hmm. just a huge factor. You know, the way our lifestyles are these days, it's a fast-paced lifestyle, you know, there's a lot of fast food, there's a lot of uh, just increased volume of food that we eat in America, and there's a declining amount of people being able to get an opportunity to get out and do things. You know, jobs are less physically active than they used to be. There's a lot of people who sit behind desks, me included. Um, so that means that we have to take time and energy uh, outside of our normal daily routine to develop those physical activity things. And that's difficult because when you sit around and do eight hours of work, you don't necessarily want to then, um, you know, do extra things after that, but it's important. Uh, so we really try to drive those things in our practice. You know, and I just read a study the other day that puts the decline in testosterone levels to that lack of activity. So apparently, uh, low T levels are showing up younger and younger as young men are less physically active. They're not uh, doing strength training or any kind of activities that put stress on their body that stimulates testosterone. Uh, are you seeing that? Are you seeing younger guys in need of a little testosterone supplementation? Absolutely. Uh, we see guys as young as the 30s uh, that uh -huh. need testosterone supplementation. And a lot of that is, uh, when you look at the studies, I think a lot of it tends to be inactivity. Uh, obesity is a huge factor in that, it seems. And then uh, there are other things out there as far as other medications people are on uh, that, that limit it as well. Uh, there are some thoughts about you know toxins and plastics and things like that that we've had for years uh, that maybe we're seeing the results of that now. There's really no proof of that, but there's a possibility of it. That's something that's been brought up. But it is it, it has become much bigger than what I saw 10 or 15 years ago. Oh, well, let's drill down on that just a little bit more. Guys don't really know a lot about their testosterone level. What is that process and what's a target? Where should I be? So it's kind of a moving target when you really look at it. And a lot of practices don't look at testosterone the way that we do. Testosterone has a normal range, and that range it varies lab to lab, but that range, uh, a quote-unquote true deficiency, you'd have to be underneath that range. The problem with that and looking at it that way is that a 20 or 30-year-old male should not be at the low end of normal. Even though it's quote-unquote normal, that is not a normal testosterone for a 20 or 30-year-old. You know, their levels should be at the upper limits of normal, not the lower limits. So oftentimes other practices won't supplement testosterone in those circumstances because they don't meet the insurance requirements that they have low testosterone. That's unfortunate because, again, 
it's a spectrum. Now we'll see people in their 60s come in and their testosterone levels may be normal in the three or 400 range for them. Um, or they may be uh, lower than that, which is typical. It does decrease by decade. But it also depends on your activity level. Um, mm -hmm. If you're a 60-year-old gentleman who sits at home and does nothing and doesn't have a lot of physical activity, it may be normal to have a T level that low. Uh, but if you're a very active, you know, marathon 60-year-old um, who, you know, maybe needs a little bit of small testosterone supplementation, there's nothing wrong with that. The the goal is, is to talk about the risks and benefits of that supplementation when you're in that quote-unquote normal range and to see what kind of symptoms people have associated with that and treat based on that. We, of course, never want to go over a, a certain level, but we can work within that range and really help people symptomatically. So if I'm uh, 30s and 40s with low T, are those symptoms going to be different than, in, than if I'm in my 50s or 60s? Not necessarily different, but more pronounced, I think. Okay. Um, I think oftentimes men in their 50s and 60s chalk a lot of their symptoms up just to aging. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're gradually have reduced over time, so it's less of a shock to them uh, because it is more of a gradual change. And anytime you have a gradual change, you don't notice it as much. Mm -hmm. When you're in your 30s and there's a significantly low value of T, oftentimes it's a dramatic decrease from what they're used to. And so I feel like they become more symptomatic. However, I'll also say that men in their 30s are sometimes more stubborn um, and oftentimes don't necessarily seek out care uh, for things like this. In fact, according to the CDC, more than 40% of men see the doctor only when they suspect a serious medical condition. Preventative health, it's just not on their mind. The health stats show these younger men today are seeing dropping sperm counts with a higher rate of obesity and blood pressure to boot. There's something else that Dr. Wegman is noticing in men that has a serious impact on their overall health. So why aren't more people talking about it? We'll peel that onion when we come back with more of our look at men's health concerns for Men's Health Month, right here on the Health Call Radio Hour. You're listening to the Health Call Radio Hour, your regular weekend appointment with top healthcare professionals, where every session is painless and we never keep you waiting. Now back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. We have men under the microscope today using Men's Health Month as a reason to talk with Dr. Jared Wegman from Indiana Direct Primary Care. He's board certified in family practice and internal medicine, but does it in a different way. Patients become members of his practice. You pay $99 a month for as many office visits, phone calls, text chats as you may need. No insurance, no copay, and a limited number of patients. So that means he has the freedom for extended appointments where he can really listen for what people are not saying. He's found that men as young as their 30s and 40s often have problems explained by low testosterone, and a huge amount have issues few talk about, anxiety and depression. You know, weight gain, decreased energy, decreased um, sleep um, and sleep quality are big things. Depression, huge issue for men with low T. So those are probably the main things that we'll see. Uh, and, and that's a hard thing because we see that with a lot of things these days. So those, they're very, uh, I don't want to say vague symptoms, but very common symptoms. 
that you may see, uh, but could be associated with low testosterone. Let's let's go a little deeper into depression. I know that's something that you feel strongly about that doctors ought to be having a conversation with their patients regarding, and men in particular. Uh, I, I'm of the impression, and what I've read is that that's not something most doctors do talk about with their patients. Is that right? So again, it's not that they not necessarily talk about it. It's just the time frame in which they have to deal with certain issues. So when people come in, they often have a complaint of some sort, and they often have other things to follow up on. So talking about mental health is uh, often put on the back burner. So it's recommended that we do screening for depression in certain time frames uh, in different generations. And that's one of those you know, forms you fill out when you first walk in the office and you circle some, circle some things and then the doctor looks at that. And then, you know, unless it's off the roof or through the roof, you know, it gets put aside and never really paid attention to again. It's an insurance requirement. It just gets chucked in your chart and then you're done with it. Yeah. Um, what I find in my practice is we really try to focus on mental health because it's, it's literally 50% of people's health. Uh, you know, when people come in and they have complaints of pain or other things, oftentimes when you get down to talking about it, there's a lot of depression, anxiety, um, you know, some post-traumatic stress, uh, things that have come up in their life. And when you really get to treating those as well, you find that a lot of their other symptoms get better. So one of the, the toughest conditions that we have in the medical field is fatigue. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the general population, we all have fatigue at times, but it seems to be an epidemic of people just tired um, and fatigue. And, and when we look at that, a good portion of that has a lot to do with mental health. So tell me how you treat that. I mean, you, you're not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. So what's, what's your role in helping guys get through, get over that hurdle and getting into feeling better? So it's multifactorial. Uh, a lot of it is not just throwing people on medicines. That that may be part of what we do, uh, but certainly we want to get to the, down to the bottom of you know what's going on. Some of that it, it, in my practice, especially you know we'll do even though I'm not a psychiatrist, we'll do just you know quote unquote counseling sessions where we sit down and talk about some of the issues that people go through. Then we'll look at the medical side of it too, of course. You know, are there other thyroid hormone um, other dysfunctions causing? the symptoms that they have with this. And then we get into the physical activity part of it. You know, there's nothing better for people that have depression symptoms and getting exercise. You know, it increases endorphins, it helps with hormones. And so we oftentimes will push and encourage people to do that as well. And then a lot of times we can start off with supplements. Um, In Indiana, for instance, we go through a a pretty harsh and dreary winter. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that we see a lot here and probably more common than people think is vitamin D deficiency. Yeah. And so vitamin D deficiency, looking at those levels and supplementing those levels, a lot of times can help. And then, of course, with men, we look at things like testosterone. And then above and beyond that, of course, there's there's medications that we'll use. You know, there are a lot of familial um, tendencies toward depression, uh, anxiety, and, and it may require pharmaceutical medications. But one of the things that we and I do specifically in my practice and focus on is reevaluating those medicines at times. You know, people will sometimes get put on anxiety and depression medicines and they'll be on them for years and years and nobody will ever go back and look at it and say, hey, do we need to up this dose? Do we need to change the medicine? Do we need to, can we cut back the dose? Can we even come off the medicine? Why are we still on it? Uh, reevaluating those medicines is really important. Uh, and that's one thing that we have the time to do. Yeah, I think that's a, uh, let me just back you up on that. I just saw a study, uh, Day before yesterday, a new big study that came out that said the single most important step 
in fighting depression is physical activity, that when you move your muscles, it generates a whole different chemistry in your body and that affects your brain. And uh, so, yeah, there's just tons of research out there. But getting off the couch when you're depressed to go to the gym just is a tough thing to do. So I, I get that contact. I get that challenge. That's a tough one. Yeah. And one of the things that we try to do in this practice is, you know, we have a personal training and nutritionist as part of this. So nutrition is a big part of depression as well. You know, things high in sugar, high in fats and things like that, they affect your brain and your chemistry as well. Mm -hmm. So if we can change the diet a little bit, and if we have someone here that actively can encourage patients to get up and get moving, sometimes it's the accountability and sometimes it's encouragement. It doesn't really matter which one it is, but it helps people to get up and start moving. Because you're right, when people are depressed, when you're not feeling well, it becomes real hard to get up off the couch. Well, it sure does. I, I hear that all the time. So talk to me now, since uh, I'm getting older, you know, hair's thinning out, getting turning gray, or well, it's been gray, now it's thinning out. Um, when you get to my age, how important is it to be seeing a doctor? What's the schedule you recommend? What are you gonna be looking for in me? What tests might you suggest? At a certain age, probably age 50 or so, we recommend pretty much yearly physicals at that point. Uh, reason being for that is because things can change pretty much yearly. We are really looking for those things that are preventable and to kind of continue the, the golden years, so to speak. I, t I hear a lot of people talk about the golden years, you know, retirement, they've worked their whole lives. And what ends up happening a lot of times is they, they don't take care of themselves, especially in those later years. Yeah. You know, everybody gets busy and everybody has uh, just a ton of stuff to do and they forget about taking care of themselves. So what we really focus on is getting people in at least yearly to refocus those efforts on those health patterns, those things that are gonna make the golden years that much better, that they can travel, that they could be with their grandkids. What that includes, again, depends on the person. Oftentimes, you know, men were looking for things like heart disease, peripheral vascular disease, concerns for diabetes, um, high blood pressure, uh, all of which in and of themselves, uh, you know, may not be a day-to-day -day thing, but when we look at those things from year to year, we can look at you, what your risk is and help you mitigate that risk. In medicine, we can never prevent everything, but we can certainly talk about risks and mitigate those risks. And uh, it's important to look at those. So people with high blood pressure oftentimes don't have a lot of symptoms. Uh, and treating mm -hmm. that high blood pressure oftentimes doesn't make them feel a lot better. But when we sit and we talk about it and we educate people during those decades to say, if we treat this high blood pressure now, uh, we may be able to prevent you from having a stroke or heart attack when you're 65. And, and even though that doesn't seem all that urgent at the moment, if we don't start it, it increased healthcare costs, it increased uh, people's morbidity and their ability to do things later in life. So instead of being out playing you know, golf with their buddies, they're at the cardiologist's office or having a catheterization. And who wants that, right? We didn't have time to talk about the colon cancer screening and other preventative tests Dr. Wegman recommends for men over age 50. If it's been more than a year since you've seen the doctor, ask yourself, why not? Is it the hassle of taking time off work, waiting weeks for an appointment, feeling rushed and like you're a cog in the wheel? If those are your reasons, consider finding a direct primary care doctor in your area and develop a relationship with a physician who has time to help you face the fatigue, obesity, ED, low T, or whatever it is that is keeping you from being your best self in the years you have ahead. 
If you're in the Fort Wayne area, Dr. Wegman is still accepting new patients. You can find him online at indianadirectprimarycare.com with offices near the Kroger store out there in Covington Plaza. When we come back, we'll talk with the top researcher about your amazing brain and how it's able to form memories. Why are some memories vivid and permanent, but can't remember where you put your keys? The mystery of human memory. That's next on the Health Call Radio Hour. Podcasts by Federated Media. 